Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Bring it up, gang. minutes as per usual coming your way uh we'll get to all our bets for tonight nba nhl golf bets as well for the century world tournament of champions we look forward to that playoffs sim continue playoffs 20 minutes from now we'll meander on over to the national football conference we'll talk some of these nfc games coming up so playoffs sim all our bets for tonight in the final 40 minutes of the show which means in this segment we welcome in our friend the aforementioned Matt Moore from the Action Network, from the Buckets podcast, a great daily NBA betting podcast that we encourage our listeners and viewers to check out. Matt, big-time supporter of You Better You Bet. Please repay him the favor and support him. Check out his work over at the Action Network, the Buckets podcast. Matt will also be on BetStream tonight on the NBA app for Pacers Bucks. It's going to be a, a like obviously like a, like like a burgeoning like blossoming rivalry big time rivalry in the NBA with an insanely high total as you might expect from Milwaukee and Indiana so seven o'clock Eastern right when we're off the air bet stream on the NBA app featuring our pal Matt Moore and Matt on Twitter at HP Basketball my friend welcome back to the show it's Nick and Ken Happy New Year how you doing. I'm doing great, man. Just got back in from Disney World yesterday. That's where I've been. So I've been cramming, catching up on games and stats and ATS numbers and all of that today. But it's great to be back in the flow, ready to hit 2024 running. Yeah, I'm sure, Matt, like, you know, probably first game on the docket, right? Because the, the games last night, I think six or seven games, <laughs> Thunder Celtics, like by far the marquee game last night. I'm sure you had a chance to check it out. I know you've been very adamant that you think SGA is like a really live MVP candidate. I kind of agree with you. Like for me, if it's not Embiid, it's him. So you can take this Thunder conversation in whatever direction you want. Title and conference, awards, SGA, 
Dagnall for coach of the year. He's the favorite. Chet, rookie of the year. He's the favorite. Like, how into the thunder are you in all those markets right now? Yeah, so I think if you're someone like me, right, and we run into this a lot with the content side on the betting stuff where it's like you've already given it out so much. Like I was on Thunder win total over in the preseason. I hit it again. And like, look, there's still numbers out there in the market you can find for live win totals. And I still think that they're kind of – there's still this – because everything is always going to be really resistant to move off of those preseason numbers for a team like, especially for a team like OKC, where they're so young, there's always going to be the skepticism of like, well, come on, like they're not going to play like this the whole way. And I'm just like, keep looking at them being like, they, they've beaten the Wolves and they've beaten the Celtics and they've beaten all these really good teams. Like at some point, this just might be who they are in the regular season. I don't think you want to get in on playoff stuff because we just don't know. We just don't know. We haven't seen the last time we saw Shea, he was just like a kiddo as part of like the Clippers team a couple of years ago. We don't know what this Thunder team with him at the helm looks like in the playoffs. Chet Holmgren, rookie, like second most important player. Do you want to get in on that? I do think though, like division. I think is live. I think the Nuggets are still vulnerable from that perspective. They're likely to take a dip. I think there's value probably on Thunder Division. And I still think that SGA, honestly, is going to continue to get a lot of bump. The conversation is going to start becoming about like, hey, so like Embiid's numbers are really good. Also, he never plays anyone on the road ever. And if Embiid plays 68 games and Shea plays 80 games, what does that look like? So I still think that he's very much live for MVP. I think there's value there. There's ways to get in on them and to bet them nightly because I still think the market is a little bit resistant to the idea that this Thunder team is really good. Guess what? They're really good. Um, Matt, you you said some stuff about the Knicks in the offseason that had me really excited. Now, I think some of that was predicated on maybe they're going to end up trading for Joel Embiid. does not look like that's going to happen now. But the Knicks did make that move. Well, maybe you think that's going to, we'll find out what Matt thinks about the Knicks in a second. But a couple days ago, the Knicks making a splash. It's kind of like one of those where it's not the most blockbuster move, but I saw it and I was like, holy bleep, like I can't believe this happened. R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly go to Toronto. O.G. Ananobi comes to the Knicks, and the Knicks win their first game with the original gangsta, taking down the Minnesota Timberwolves. We have, And they get Precious also, which is like I had this great text chain with my friends where now we have O.G., great nickname, and then the My Precious Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Just outstanding work by the Knicks. They win the trade just for that. And they beat the Timberwolves in the first game with this like new look, right? Now they're eight and a half at home tonight against the Chicago Bulls. So you could talk about the game tonight, like what you I have a bet in the game that I'll give out a little later in the show. Um, but like kind of like what do, what do you think of the Knicks now? Is this the precursor to something else that's gonna happen? Do you think they're better with Ananobi than they were with Barrett and Quickly? Kind of like lay it out like the state of the Knicks here and how you're looking to bet this team moving forward. Yeah, it's really funny because I kept looking at them and like I've had them on BetStream a couple of times and I've watched them pretty in depth this season. And I keep being like, man, if they just had like a really good defensive wing who was like a lockdown defender and then they go out and they get OG freaking Ananobi. It's perfect. It's such a good fit there. I think there's going to be a lot of value in betting the Knicks round by round in the playoffs because I think that the market continues to kind of think that they're just like, yeah, they're OK. They're pretty good. And, like, OG's not going to move the numbers on that considerably. Guess what? Like, Jalen Brunson is the dude. Becky Hammond may be right. He may not be able to be 1A on a championship team. But, boy, is he going to be a 1A on a team that absolutely messes up multiple of these pretty badly coached teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. I think Bucks are vulnerable to them. I think Sixers are vulnerable to them. And I do think Boston is vulnerable to them. I think the Knicks are going to be live in those series. And they're going to be fun to bet. Long term. Uh, I will tell you this. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, their number one target was Joel Embiid in the hopes that basically they would move Harden, the return would be bad, Embiid would ask out. That didn't happen. It's worked out great. 
looks like Embiid's going to stick around. We'll see long-term. What I will tell you, though, is that they have been at the top of the list for Carl Anthony Towns, and I do continue to hear that. Everyone's kind of been like, well, the Wolves are good, so that's not going to happen. It's not what I hear. I still hear that Towns, it, there's a strong possibility that Towns has moved before the deadline. Not that it's likely to happen, but there's a possibility that is definitely on the table. And if he goes anywhere, I still think New York is the most likely place for him to land. It would be a three-team deal with Julius Randle going elsewhere. I'm writing this up for Action Network. But I do think the Knicks are live to add Carl Anthony Towns to a team with defenders, with Jalen Brunson, with OG Anobi, with Mitchell Robinson, whenever he gets back eventually way, 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 way down the line. This team, I do think, is going to make some noise in the playoffs. I don't think you want to bet futures on them. I don't think you want to bet them on division or anything like that. But the Knicks are going to be in good position to be one of those teams that we're talking about as a team you don't want to face for once when April comes around. Yeah, and, and maybe profile is like kind of like how they profiled seed wise. Like maybe this is the four, and mm -hmm. and, and guess who they probably see in the four? Like Miami again, probably something like that in terms of how the seeds would work. Maybe it's the Magic. I think Knicks fans would probably love that series. The Heat tonight, Matt at the Lakers. That was the next team I wanted to ask you about. Where. Yeah, I, I listen to a bunch of podcasts and the kind of the running joke is like, when are we going to get all the LeBron unhappy stories that lead to a potential trade? You were just talking about Carl Anthony Towns, maybe going to the Knicks. I think one of the theories with the Lakers is that D'Angelo Russell, who's not playing tonight and other pieces, whoever that means, maybe for Zach Levine, maybe for something else, because LeBron's going to will it and make it so they're a six point home favorite tonight against a really short and Butler's not playing tonight. We don't know if LeBron's playing. So if you have a bet on this game, there's a lot of moving parts, but otherwise just the Lakers, like where is this going team? that's really underperformed for how much LeBron and Davis have played. Yeah. Uh, if LeBron goes, I'll like Lakers tonight. Um, I've got this one at, at eight and that's with Butler. So I like this uh, projected for the, for the Lakers tonight. I think the Lakers are fine. Like, here's the thing. They're good versus bad teams, and that gets you into the playoffs. And then the hope is, like, in a playoff series, LeBron and AD is a lot for teams to handle, which, guess what? It was last year. Um, I think there are weaknesses. I would tell you that I don't think Zach Levine is probably the move. Um, I think it is more likely that DeJounte Murray winds up as a Los Angeles Laker. That, to me, makes a lot more sense for what I've heard the Lakers are looking for. That's the compromise. Because the dynamic here is that LeBron wants help. He wants another guy. He's going to want it to be a clutch client. Zach Levine's clutch. Guess who's also clutch? DeJounte Murray. Uh, Lakers management wants somebody who can actually play two ways. They want defense, and Zach Levine's not that guy. But DeJounte Murray can defend a little bit. So it gets you a point guard who can score, who's athletic, who's dynamic. It's like Russell Westbrook if Russ wasn't completely washed and destroyed. So, like... That makes a lot of sense as a guy to add there. That's who I expect there to be a lot more noise around, around as we get closer to the deadline. I think the Lakers will probably revamp things. I don't expect D'Angelo Russell to be there. And honestly, I think that's addition by subtraction. I don't know how good this team is. I don't think that they're great. I don't think their Western Conference Finals good. I think they're good enough to make the second round and probably lose in a, oh, that was not bad. But that's probably not going to be enough for LeBron. And we'll deal with that question in the offseason. Uh, but ultimately, I don't think the Lakers are as bad as they've looked since the IST. I also don't think that they're as good as maybe the preseason hype was on them. They're firmly in that middle group, and that's where I think they should be. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Wednesday. We are talking the NBA with the great Matt Moore from the Action Network. You can check out Matt 7 o'clock Eastern on the NBA app, BetStream for the Pacers and the Bucks on Twitter at HP Basketball. All right, I was going to do something else, but I have to ask you this now. Okay, if LeBron decides to come back for a, a 64th season next year, and the Lakers bow out in the first round of the playoffs and they do something that general manager LeBron James is not happy with. Is LeBron going to be playing elsewhere next year, potentially? Like, is that a realistic outcome here for LeBron James? 
I don't, there's a reason that he hasn't, he, he would have made it known, I think, and been like, I'm going to retire as a Laker. He would have set that agenda, right? He's very good at crafting that narrative and being able to set those things up. And he did sign a multi-year deal with them. He's given more, he's given the Lakers more in terms of security and comfort than he gave to any of his other teams. Not really fair or warranted, but he did that. But he hasn't done that. And so eventually I do think like he probably finishes his career elsewhere. And that's going to depend on, honestly, I still think there's a chance. This has kind of gone back and forth. I still think there's a very good chance he winds up wherever Bronny is when Bronny gets drafted. I just think that that's probably where the, that that's going to be a strong indicator if Bronny were to not get drafted, which I, I think is still probably going to happen based off of the people I've talked to. Um, then if that were to not happen, then maybe he'd make a decision to return to Cleveland or whatever else for the last year. Um, I, you know, He's comfortable in LA for sure, but... I do think he's going to finally reach a point where he accepts it's not going to happen as far as a championship. I think this is his last championship or bust season. I think he knows that. And so I think it's entirely possible that he goes somewhere else next year. The answer of where I think is going to depend on Brawny. I think it's going to depend on comfort. I think it's going to depend on, is there something that he wants to accomplish before his career is done? Is there a coach he wants to play for? Is there a teammate he wants to play with? Those kind of questions. Those will be what I think decides whether he remains in LA or goes somewhere else. Matt, we have a, a couple minutes left. We, we asked you about awards already a little bit with the SGA MVP question. Like, thought that was a really good answer. I kind of agree with you. I'm more like Embiid over him, but I think it's like the two of them to the finish line, and it's going to get really interesting in terms of how the discussion goes, kind of like the, the defending champion and the challenger, which is really cool. We have some the way these award markets are starting to take shape, like big favorites or minus price favorites are starting to emerge in a bunch of these. So I'll kind of frame the question. Put rookie of the year to the side for the second. Like, there's only two guys who can win, and probably the guy who's the favorite's going to win. But but we have like Maxi's a big favorite for most improved player. You have Rudy Gobert as a big favorite for defensive player of the year, a minus price there. Mark Dagnall of the Thunder is starting to become a minus price favorite to win coach of the year. These are three like entrenched favorites. Do you view any of them as really vulnerable? Who's the least likely of the three? So Maxi, Gobert, Dagnall, who's the least likely to win their respective award, let's say in about a minute? I think least likely is Dagnall eh, probably just because like, look, I, I just got done talking about how, how the, the Thunder really are good and they are, and they're exceptionally well coached. However, they've also been really healthy. And so if there's any, so any sort of injury hiccup, then, and Shea has a little bit of those throughout the years, this goes in another direction. And if one of the Timberwolves or Thunder wind up with a one seed, I think that whoever is the coach of that team winds up winning the award. Um, if it's Thunder or Wolves, I just think that if Chris Finch leads the Wolves to the number one seed with the number one defense and the Thunder were to tail off a little bit, like if it's currently as it is where it's like one Wolves, two Thunder, Dagonal's probably got an edge, but it's going to be real close. I do think Finch is going to get a lot of consideration at the end. That kind of ties into the Rudy Gobert question, which is just like, will the Wolves continue to be this good defensively? They've shifted a little bit. If you kind of look under the hood, there's been a little bit of wobbling defensively um, over the last couple of weeks. They're not as good. It's really hard to play defense as well as they have the entirety of the time. And as their offense continues to be just not terrible, but not very good, it puts more pressure on your defense. So I do think there's kind of an opportunity there for other guys to get into the defensive player of the year, of the, the year mix, uh, whether it's going to be uh, Bam Adebayo, who I will continue to lose money on, or one of these other guys. I think there's value there. I will. The last thing I'll say is I, I think Tyrese Maxey is rightfully the favorite, got out to a huge league, going to be an all-star. He's going to check all the boxes. I do think if we get to the end of the year and it's like Tyrese Maxey's awesome, but he's not an MVP candidate, and we go Tyrese Halliburton is probably going to finish top five. If it's like if Luca or one of these other guys drops off the list for MVP and it's like we're going to finish with Tyrese Halliburton on the top five MVP ballot, on most people's ballots he's going to be there. 
that's a very John Morant type case when he won a few years ago. And so I do think Tyrese Halliburton is very live at a big number. The people, the voters I've talked to have said that Tyrese Halliburton is on their list for most improved player. Max, you should be the favorite, but I do think that that number is actually live for Tyrese Halliburton. Five seconds to go. Favorite bet for tonight is what? Uh, Wolves minus five and a half versus the Pelicans. Checks all sorts of boxes. Love the spot. Love the matchup. I just see the, the uh, Wolves are going to body them. I love Wolves minus five and a half tonight. Body, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Watch Megan the Stallion like the New Year's Eve show. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, Matt will be on the mm. bench stream on the NBA app coming up at 7 o'clock Eastern for the Pacers and the Bucks on Twitter at HP Basketball. Action Network Buckets Podcast. My friends, stay well. Good luck with the bets. Have a great bench stream, and we'll talk to you soon. Talk to you guys soon. All right, on the other side, back to the NFL playoffs, Sim. We'll go to the NFC, and I wasn't joking. Like, I, I really enjoyed making the stallion on, on, on New Year's Eve. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network.